So two years ago when we were in full lockdown because of COVID, there were a few things that I saw that really shocked me. One of those was Idaho's response to COVID. I've said before on the podcast that I've lived in Idaho for quite a few years, so I felt like I had a pretty good idea what their government leaders were like. I have to admit I was wrong. I was shocked to see the draconian measures that that state took in locking down its population. One story that was especially jarring for me was the story of Sarah Brady. She was the mom who had dared to take her kids to a park in Meridian, Idaho during the pandemic. She was subsequently arrested and booked into jail. Sarah's story caught the attention of not only the internet, but also national news media. Then, as the media often does, it just forgot to follow up. Today on the podcast, I have on Sarah to tell her story and the legal fight she's been having for the last two years and her upcoming hearing in Ada County. But Idaho didn't stop with just Sarah. We also cover the story of Robert Jones, a man in Boise who was arrested for protesting and later jailed and charged with disturbing the peace. Now, when Robert went to court the first time, he was given a choice. He could either serve a six-month-long sentence in an Ada County jail or a one-month sentence and taking a, quote, thinking errors course. Robert chose not to submit to the course and is now serving six months in jail. We cover that next on this episode of the Mormon Renegade Podcast. So I just want to take a moment to thank you, the listener. When I started this podcast, I wasn't sure if anyone would really listen. Now, to my surprise, this thing has taken on a life of its own. And that's all due to you, the listener, spending your time here with me, and it means a great deal to me. Now, as a husband and father, I'm keenly aware of how important time is. It feels like there's just never enough of it. So when you are spending your time here listening to this podcast, I feel a responsibility to never waste your time. In that spirit, as this podcast has grown, I feel like I need to do you, the listener, justice. I want to continue to produce good content and upgrade the audio quality. That takes better equipment and better software, and that all takes money. Now, I've tried to advertise, but you'd be surprised. There's not a lot of people wanting to advertise on a Mormon fundamentalist podcast. I know, surprising, right? Now, if you want to help support the podcast, you can do that one of two ways. The first is go over to mormonrenegade.com and hit the Donate tab. There you can make a one-time donation or you can go ahead and set it up to be a monthly recurring donation. Your choice entirely. Now, option number two, because I'm a capitalist, if you want to head on over to mormonrenegade.com, click on the store button, you're going to find that we've got some new swag out. We got some t-shirts, we have a tote, we have cell phone cases, water bottles, coffee cups, we got a bunch of stuff and more is going to be on the way. So, if you feel like that's something you could do, again, head on over to Mormon Renegade and check all that stuff out. If you're not in that position to do so, I completely understand. We're all squeezed right now with high gas prices and high inflation. So, even if you can't, please keep listening and maybe keep the podcast in your prayers so we can continue to grow, produce good content, and better audio quality. Thank you. Listening to the Mormon Renegade Podcast.
Welcome back to the Mormon Renegade Podcast. As always, you can get a hold of me uh, either by email at mormonrenegade at gmail.com. You can also get a hold of me on uh, Instagram and Twitter and Getter under the handle Mormon Renegade. Also, we have a website up, and that's mormonrenegade.com. So go check that out. All right. Well, I'm here with uh, with Sarah Brady. Now, some of you may remember Sarah. Her her story went pretty viral pretty quickly. Um, this happened about two years ago. She was the mom that was arrested for uh, taking her kids to a park. The audacity to take your kids to a park. Sarah, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me, Dave. So, how, first off, how are you doing? That's been, what, two years ago now? Uh, well, almost two and a half. It was April 21st of 2020. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing that and thinking, of all things, in Idaho, right? I I spent I spent the majority of my adult life in Idaho. I was uh, in predominantly in Western Idaho. I lived in a little town called Parma. Spent my teenage years in Payette. Um, I did a lot of work around Boise, Cuna, Meridian. Right? I, I'm very familiar with the state and its people. So when I saw what happened to you, I was like, what in the hell is happening in Idaho, right? I expect this in California. I expect this in New York, but not Idaho. Would, real quick, can you just walk us through the whole scenario of, of kind of what happened to you? Sure. So I think at that point, um, we had been in lockdown, right? Isolation or whatever you want to call it for six weeks. Um, my memory's a little fuzzy because it's now been two and a half years, but um, I had been invited to this play date and um, ended up going. And when I arrived, I sat down next to a friend and I, someone had ripped off tape off the equipment, right? So our parks were open in Boise and Meridian, but the playground equipment was physically what was wrapped up with caution tape and that was what was closed down, right? Well, anyway, so someone had ripped off this tape. I tell my kids to go and play and gosh, I mean, probably not five, 10 minutes later, these three officers showed up and this one officer in particular was just, I, I feel like he was a little hot-headed, honestly, in interacting with him because, you know, we're not moms selling roofies at a playground. We are letting our kids play on a taxpayer paid park i mean that was that's taxpayer and so you know we didn't have any input on it being closed down and um, this officer was like you know you got to leave and you know kids start crying and moms are pulling their kids off the playground and i i you know tell my kids to go i have two kids there i've got four but i had two there and i said you know go hang out you know stand back i'm gonna go and see what's going on right and so you know, me and a couple other moms were like, you know, why is it closed down? And, you know, uh, you know, we can go to Walmart and it was things like, well, who closed it down? They're like, you got to talk to the mayor. And I'm saying things like, well, I'll, let's get the mayor on the phone. You know, like, I, I want to talk about this. I want to like figure out why it's being closed down. Um, anyway, so at one point this, you know, they just, the, these, the officer, um, that ended up arresting me in particular was just not in the mood to chat. The other two officers were pretty friendly. This one officer in particular was just, like I said, I think a little hot headed that day. And so, you know, we're having kind of this interaction and the officer points to me at one point, he, you know, he's telling people to leave, 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 but he points to me at one point and says, I'm giving you five seconds. And he starts counting down. And as he's starting to, I mean, this, this kind of happened kind of quick, but I was like, are you going to arrest are you going to arrest them over there? Cause there was basketball players, 
you know, sweaty, playing basketball. So that contact was okay, right? And then, and then now as people are congregating on the grass, which they had already been, but they're also sitting at picnic tables. So I'm wondering if all the fun's going to get shut down, because not just the equipment anyway. At some point, he counts down to me and says, I'm giving you five seconds. And, you know, here's the deal. At a playground, the only, only, only individuals that should be counted down to are children. That's just the bottom line, okay? So I'm getting counted down to at a playground. I'm like, oh, this is, so I turn around. I say, fine, arrest me for being in a park. Do it. Because I've done nothing wrong at this. You know, I'm like, whatever, you know, and, and I really felt like he escalated it. You already have some cranky bombs. We've been in our house for how many weeks? Our kids have not been in school. We don't have play, you know, like we don't have play dates, like all this stuff, stuff, like our whole lives have been turned upside down. And that's fine if it's just you and your cat. And that's all your responsibility is. But if you've got four kids that are some who are experiencing mental health issues because of the, their change in, in routine, I'm telling you, you know, the whole phrase, if mama ain't happy, nobody happy. Well, that's true. But if your kids aren't happy, ain't mama happy, ain't nobody happy. Okay. So anyway, um, this officer ended up uh, arresting me, putting me in the back of a vehicle and what I come to find out later is actually they put the tape back up on the equipment and parents ripped it back down with their kids and they didn't arrest or cite anyone for that. That is crazy. Yeah. So they ended up, they ended up charging me. The initial charge was trespassing injury to property, but I think they watched the videotape, realized I had not ripped down the tape and then changed it to injury or sorry, trespassing failure to depart. My case is now with the Attorney General of Idaho, Lawrence Wasden, and it's been prosecuted by him for the last, uh, not by him, it's by his office, but he's, that's who's legally in charge of my case. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, that's all of it in a nutshell. <laughs> so in, in the two and a half years, this case is still going on though, right? This is a right. simple trespassing case. Right. This should be over and done with, but they've managed right. to drag this out for two and a half years. Right. What legal mechanisms are they using to drag this out? What's their excuse? Well, I mean, so a lot's happened. So, I mean, some of it was, well, a lot of it was COVID. Probably almost a year of that broken up was COVID, maybe a little bit more than that. And then others of it, like it was just simply, you know, initially I had a lawyer that fired me because I was told by the courts to appear in person, but also do Zoom. So I picked the, I picked the order of the summons that I was sent that said, you'll get a bench warrant if you don't show up in person. Um, and he was irritated by that. Right. Cause there, I had a lot of supporters. So he's like, you're trying to make the court process. He's like, you're, you're making a big deal of this. I'm like, no, what it is, is I don't want to go to jail. And I, I, I'm smart enough to know I've been around in politics long enough. You, you need to be smart about the way you interact with the judicial system. And if they're telling you show up in person, it doesn't matter if you got an email, you follow the legal paperwork. Um, and he had refused to go to the courts and get clarification for me. So he ended up firing me, which is fine because he just couldn't handle the, the fact that I had principles. Um, and then my second lawyer, so we were then, then we're set for trial in February of 2021, right? So my arrest was in April of 2020. This trial was set for February, 2021. And I quickly gotten this new lawyer as fast as I could. Then in the time that that trial was set, they suspended, they suspended uh, all trials because of COVID. So the courts were shut down in Idaho and everything was on Zoom. That lawyer ended up having a, a mini um, a mini stroke. So at, at, during that process, I had to then find a third lawyer. So, I mean, this is just, you know, it's just all of these things happening. And then, you know, I, 
I'm not trying to be dramatic, but the thing is, is in two and a half years, a lot of things can happen in your life. And you really start to understand why speedy trials so inherently and deeply important to the constitution and our, and our rights. You, I mean, I had no idea until I went through it and now I'm like, Oh my gosh, you can see. So in February, so my trial was suspended, but I still had, you know, I still had a lawyer and I was going to these hearings where it was like, the judge was saying, Ms. Brady, we're so sorry. Trials are canceled. Uh, let's we'll meet up in a month or whatever. Right. But you have to keep in mind, the judge is getting paid. The prosecutor is getting paid. My lawyer's getting paid and I'm not getting paid for this. Right. And so it was a very frustrating process at that point. My uh, mother-in-law died the month of February, 2021. We bought a new house and then I got my third lawyer. Okay. So in this process of getting my third lawyer, now we're set for trial of August of 2021. Okay. So we're moving along. We're trying to get this new house ready. It's about an hour away from the current house. Uh, and at this point, I'm just ready to be done. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I just, I just want to get the trial done. And so I'm doing everything I can to just hold on by the skin of my teeth to get to August of 2021. And, um, it's literally the month of August that we're, we start moving to this new house. And then a week and a half before this, uh, the second trial is set to go off. I get a call from my lawyer that I'm so sorry, Sarah, try, they've suspended trials again due to COVID. And at that point, I've spent $18,000 on three separate lawyers. Wow. Okay. So, uh, you know, I'm just devastated. I'm devastated because I'm like, and I just like, I, I, at this point, no, I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't keep any lawyer on the books while trials are suspended because it was, it was expensive the time before. And it, now they're starting in August. They're starting four or five months earlier than they did the prior time that they had shut down trials. And so um, I, I let that lawyer go. There's no hard feelings. I just was like, I can't afford you. So I became pro se in like, I, I want to say it was August or September of 2021. Not because I wanted to legally represent myself, but because financially I was coerced into it essentially, right? How else can sure. you look at it? Sure. So, um, at that point, you know, we had a couple of hearings where it was like, Ms. Brady, we're so sorry. sorry. Um, and then finally in November, end of November of 2021, I we're having this hearing again, trials are suspended. And I just, something comes in my mind. I asked the judge, I go, why hasn't my case ever been sent to mediation? I was just curious. Like, why has it never been? Because what they had done is previous to COVID, it was voluntary for you to have mediation. But during COVID, they forced people into mediation, even if you didn't want mediation. So I was asking the question, why isn't my case been forced into mediation? He's like, oh, I didn't know you wanted to. I said, well, I think it's in the best interest of the taxpayers to at least consider it. And so that was then set. Mediation was then set. All that process was started. Um, and this is, again, this is trials are just still suspended. So we're, I'm, it doesn't matter. I'm killing time anyway, right? Waiting for my trial. But my father passed away beginning of December of 2021 a week later my father or my um, stepdad passed away um so you know I'm dealing with all of this stress right there at that that period of time um finally in January of 21 we have the mediation between me and it's a mediator judge and the prosecution right so it's not the judge I currently have they have a mediator judge that does it and we probably spent about two hours and eventually you know I, I just told the current judge I said here's the deal the process has become the punishment. What the state of Idaho does, and I go, when I say the state of Idaho, I go, I mean the government of the state of Idaho has done to me in the last, you know, at this point, it's almost two years. I said, is way worse than me ever doing anything and standing on wood chips. 
I go, it's, I go, so to sit here and to be told, you know, like, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm such an awful person, all these resources to be used against it. So at some point, you know, I think the judge could see, you know, he'd, 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 um, done a lot of, he'd done try, he, he talked about in the beginning how he'd done a lot of, you know, rape trials and murder trials and all these big things. So I think he could see this, this was really something that should be let, you know, let go. So he asked the state basically, you know, what's the best you can do? Can you at least get this to an infraction? And the state said, okay, if she pleads guilty to an infraction, we'll do an infraction $50. And, you know, there's, there's two feelings I have in that. One was, wow, $50. I could get out from underneath this for $50. $50 is pocket change at this point for me. Because at that point, I'd spent, um, I'd started getting some more legal um, advice. And so I was sitting down with lawyers trying to figure out what my next move was. And so I was like, ah, $50, you know, and there's a party that sits there and goes, gosh, this is going to be over with, right? And then what I really, you know, as I said, I was like, you know, but my, my innocence cannot be bought with a mess of porridge, okay? $50. So what I said to them, I said, you know what? I'll tell you what. You guys dismiss this case and I will go out publicly and tell, I will tell the public you finally did the right thing. They declined that counter offer, which is fine. Um, and so now we've continued on. I hired my fourth set of lawyers and they currently, they have filed into the courts um, 171 pages. Some of those are exhibits, but it's basically all of the legal reasoning as to why my case should be dismissed. And I should mention, actually, my third lawyer actually also filed a motion to dismiss in July of 2021, but that was denied by the judge. And I hope I'm not rambling on too much. There's just a no, lot that has gone on. No, no, <laughs> not at all. This this gives us a good idea about what it is you've been through exactly. And this is infuriating on a couple different levels right one is the very the very beginning of this thing you were at a park right six weeks into covid we all knew that community spread outside was next to impossible right the we knew at that point that 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 strain of the virus was dying almost instantly in uv light that was the safest place for you and your kids to be period. So the fact that you're arrested out there for not taking down the tape, not disobeying anything, but just being in the park is bat crap crazy. I have no other way to say it. Next, the fact that they've strung it along this far is nuts nuts the fact it's gotten to this point without some judge being like this is this is bogus get get this away from me you know she's done she's she's been through hell and back we're done is nuts so there are so many things i see here that are so wrong I'm just going to ask a question and, and you don't have to respond because I understand that, that you're, you know, still do, going through this. Are, are you at least thinking about filing some suit against Meridian City or whoever the arresting parties were? Because there's nothing here that I can see where they didn't infringe upon your civil liberties. Will tell you i will i will deeply consider it if it, if that opportunity arises i you know it's interesting after going two and a half years you just kind of have to take it day by day 
you know, because what, 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 what really like, it's a simple misdemeanor charge. Most people on this situation, you know, most things in the court system, people plea out. Sure. The majority, right. That people plea out all of the time. Right. So for a mom who was standing on wood chips, not doing anything wrong and then continue it for two and a half years. Most people are like you're how, how you know, some people are like, you're crazy, just plead guilty. And I'm like, well, no, because it's the principle of the matter. It's because I just didn't do anything wrong. I did nothing wrong. And even if I have a jury and they find me guilty, I can still hold to the fact it's me and God know that I'm not guilty. I, I, I have nothing to say about that. So, you know, so yeah, back to your question. I mean, I, I honestly, I would, I would consider it if the opportunity arises, but I'm honestly, I'm just, you know, right now it's like you get two and a half years and it's just everything you can do to continue every day because it's, 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 uh, it's exhausting and it's re-traumatizing and it's, you know, you would think a simple misdemeanor charge would be that big of a deal, but for me, it has been that big of a deal. One of the big reasons is because I didn't get my speedy trial, right? So this would have been done in early January of 21. That's how long I've continued to fight the state when my speedy trial rights were violated and have been violated over and over and over again. So yeah, I, I yeah, it's just everything I can do to just keep going. At any point during this whole thing, because you did, you were able to get, get the national media to run with this. If I'm not mistaken, even Glenn Beck had you on his program, right? So you you got some some heat coming down on on the state of Idaho. At any point, did they show any signs of capitulation whatsoever? No, not no, not that I ever saw. No, not that. Um, no, and it's you know it's frustrating because I've said to people, I'm like, you know, if I was in Florida, DeSantis would never put up with the Republican leadership. No, I was. I mean, Idaho is run by Republican leadership. We are we are a red state, supposedly. I mean, we're, we've got a lot of rhinos. But, you know, my point is, you know, we've got Governor Little, who one of the early discussions between my husband and I, you know, so he's a police officer. He's essential, but me as a mother isn't, I'm not essential, right? And I had things like my playgrounds were taken away, right? But if you, but if I paid to put my kid in a daycare center, their playgrounds were open for kids to play. Do you see the arbitrariness? And, and this is a super, uh, the frustration that I would have to pay a daycare so my kid could play on a playground. But if my kid played on the public playground that I've already paid for, that was not okay. And so that frustration of just, you know, you we were seeing people um, get their hair cut. Like they would bring hairdressers in to like, I think it was the sheriff's department. I'd have to go back and remember that. But they brought like a hairdresser in to cut their hair. But then all of my friends who are hairdressers couldn't have their shops open to keep, to, to be able to support themselves. So it was just that kind of attitude. You know, and the funny thing is to me, I'm like, my thing was always like, mothers are the most essential person to the state of Idaho. We are the most essential because we produce taxpayers. How can you say I am not essential? I literally produce the very things that keep you going, right? And so I, I can't even believe the fact that we have Republican Brad Little, who has done nothing to encourage my case to be dismissed. The Attorney General Lawrence Wasden is a Republican, and he has said that he's been ready to prosecute my case since day one. And the fact that, you know, I think the thing is, too, so many people, we've, you know, we've had a huge influx of Californians come in. Sure, other places, too, but it's really a lot of Californians. And there's a lot, the, the ones that I meet are freedom-loving people. So they'll say, 
how is Idaho? Why Idaho is not as conservative as, as we thought it was? I go because we've had so many Idahoans asleep at the wheel, and now because of COVID, it's really shown the true colors of a lot of our Republican leaders. And now we need help to fix it. There's only so many people that are actively engaged in trying to make a difference. And a lot of people are just, you know, try. I mean, I think there's a few different uh, factions of people. Like there's the people that are just simply trying to get by every single day, right? I mean, gas prices are through the roof. We have inflation, job situations, right? And then there's people just simply just, you know, they're totally fine trusting if there's a Republican governor or a Republican, it doesn't matter to them. They think they think that they're doing the right thing, right? So I think it's actually more dangerous to have a Republican governor in the state of Idaho that's a, a, a wolf in sheep's clothing than it actually would be to be a Dem because at least we would, all of these little Idahoans would say, oh, we've got a Dem in office, this is bad, and they would start actually participating. But the fact that we have Governor Little, a lot of people are like, it's fine, he's Republican, what are you talking about? You know, like, I don't know. It's really interesting to be to live here. We're we're going through something similar here in Utah now, with with our governor who who seems to be a little bit, well, he seems to be quite a bit woke, right? And but but I think you're right, Sarah. Because look, I'll, I'll admit it, I was that guy, right? I was always like, well, it's it's Idaho, right? When I lived there, how 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 liberal can they really be? But I, I think what we're seeing here now is that we've got to watch all of our government officials, right? Chances are you don't run for public office like that without having a little bit of a complex that you can fix everything, right? Well, anytime there's a crisis, they can use that for whatever they want. So, yeah, I think I think we have to be way more cognizant of who it is we're electing. Look at policies and not the, and you know the the letter behind their name. Um. So what's next? You have a, a, a court date coming up on on Tuesday. Is that right? Yep, Tuesday, September twentieth at two p.m. It's open to the public. So if there's anyone in Idaho locally that wants to come, please join me. Come and meet me. Um. Yeah, and so this is this is not a trial. It's uh, it's a hearing for a motion to dismiss. So my lawyers and the prosecution will get up and, and argue basically in front of the judge as to why the case should be dismissed or why the case shouldn't be dismissed. Um, so yeah, that's and that's honestly that's going to be at this point in the in the in the process the biggest moment because really I, there are a lot of legitimate reasons my, my lawyers have brought up as to why this case should be dismissed. So my fingers are crossed. But then also at the end of the day, you know, I try not to get my hopes up too much because after two and a half years, it's hard to imagine that it will ever be dismissed. Sure. No, I, I get that. But gosh, you would think has has and you'll have to refresh my memory. Has Brad Little had to face an election since your case? Yes. Yeah, so, well, yes. Yeah, so we just had a Republican primary in May and he was reelected. That's by the. That's nuts. That's crazy. I I know because we had a great option, Janice McGeehan, who's the you know current lieutenant governor, and for whatever reason, I you know I mean some of the name the name of the lot of the game it's a PR war. So Janice was made to look like a white supremacist, right? A white a, a domestic terrorist, even though she's not. Um, and that's I think how they made Brad Little get reelected is because they they were just doing these huge campaign attacks on her to make her look like. 
she was a right-wing extremist when she simply just loves the constitution and wants to do right by the people. So his, so Brad Little's Lieutenant governor ran against him. Mm -hmm. That should have been a red flag right there. Right. Cause normally that doesn't really happen. Yeah. I mean, usually if you're in lockstep with, with whoever your boss is. So she right. obviously saw something that freaked her out. Well, I mean, he was, he was putting, you know, he was coming out with all these orders, right? But when it came down to it, so, you know, he, he left the state for a period of time and she became the acting governor and she put out a, I don't remember if they called it a resolution, but it was something like a governor, an executive order. And it basically said um, her support of children not having to wear masks in school. Well, then Brad Little comes back and is like, no, but, you know, he rescinds that order. And people should have seen through it at that point that how how much she was for the people, especially the children of Idaho. Um, but, you know, that a lot of people were like, well, that was a publicity stunt and all this stuff. But I'm thinking Brad Little should have done that A anyway, right? He's then now talking about how supportive he is of local control. But really, he wasn't supportive of local control because a lot of his orders had to do with, like, how he wanted local control to participate in his executive orders. So it's just... You know, it's like monkey, it's like word salad, right? Like it was all of his stuff was word salad. And I can't believe, I honestly, if it was only Brad Little and a Democrat running for the general in November, I would vote for the Democrat, period. That's who I would vote for. I will not, I, I you know, I've already seen Brad Little's colors. At least I know with the dim, I know exactly what I'm getting. But Brad Little's just tricking everyone into thinking he's some like great Republican, you know, governor who really isn't he's just following what the western governor's association is putting out and telling him to do right he's just following in lockstep with all these other liberal governors shouldn't be happening in idaho right it shouldn't be i mean desantis should not be more conservative conservative than the governor of idaho it shouldn't be happening right no i agree with you 100 percent. it it was sad and infuriating and somewhat confusing even for me to sit across the border here in Utah and look at what was going on in Idaho. And I got a large percentage of my audience that that's in Idaho. And as I was looking at it, I was like, what, what is happening here? I, it just didn't compute. It, it blew my mind. I figured Idaho would be to the right of even Utah, but that wasn't the case. And so I was left really, scratching my head and and i agree with you at least with a democrat you knew you were getting a socialist and you could at least you know you don't know what you're getting well you do now you know what you're getting with brad little now but um yeah that's that's nuts so hopefully they got one more chance to do the right thing and just dismiss this case altogether so have 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 they tipped their hand at all at what they think they're going to do or no, and I honestly would assume on Tuesday, I probably won't even know at, in that moment. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm basically guessing there's going to be one of four things. Um, there, there during the hearing at the end, he will verbally either dismiss it or verbally say it's not dismissed. So that's one and two. And then the other thing, which I think are more likely, is we will get an electronic notification after the meeting. He'll say, "I'll, I'll, I'll review this and I'll issue my, I'll issue my ruling." um thank you and we'll be we'll be dismissed and then he will issue it via email or whatever either saying it was dismissed or not dismissed and the reason i think i think that there's a couple of reasons for that but i think that the main reason is going to be the fact that i'm ex i i would assume i'm going to get a 
a substantial amount of supporters there that day. And I, I think he simply will not want to have excitement either way, right? He won't have, he won't, won't have, want to have people angry if he says this case is not dismissed. Um, it might be more likely if he says this case is dismissed. I even think though in that, I think it's literally to, to avoid any sort of excitement at the courthouse. He's just going to say, thank you. I will issue my, my ruling. And that's, again, it's a guess. But after doing this for two and a half years, I feel like I have a, a little bit more educated guess than your average Idahoan. Sure, sure. So if 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 any of my listeners want to support you, either financially or morally, where could they go to donate? So I have a website. It's uh free sarahbrady.com i actually have two websites i've had two great friends and then support sarahbrady.com and there's ways you can i think there's a paypal connected there there's a give send go um and i think actually one of them also has oh what's the liberal one it was the one um go fund me go fund me i think okay so fantastic now there's another thing going on in idaho that i saw that just absolutely rattled me and that was the case of Robert Jones. Can you explain to me what, what his plight is, what he's going through yeah. right now? Yeah. So I don't know a ton about his arrest, but I'll, I'll, I'll repeat it as best as I know how. So back in December of 2020, our Central District Health had a Ada County Commissioner on the board who um, Robert and two other people went to her home to protest because at the time, a lot of the board members of Central District Health were not at their homes or they were not in their office at Central District Health while they were on their Zoom meetings, right? And so um, what the, what would happen would be uh, they would, initially, I think they were just doing Zoom meetings, but we found out that were, I think there was open uh, meeting law violations. And so what you have to do is have at least one representative from the board be physically at the location. Uh, that's law. And then, um, but all these other commissioners or whoever else was on the board would either be in their offices or at home, right? It would look like they were sitting in a chair. And so Robert and two other people went to this woman's home to protest. It ended up she was not home. She was at the courthouse. Her kids were home. Anyway, the, uh, Robert ends up getting arrested for, uh, actually all three of them got arrested eventually. It wasn't on site. They had left. And then later, that, I think they got warrants out there for their arrest. It actually was kind of a big political uh, thing because they made such a huge effort to go after these guys. But um, Robert was arrested uh, for disturbing the peace. And um, he had his trial last week and he represented himself. And at the end of it, when the judge went to sentence him, she said, I'm giving you because he's actually protested government before. Like, he, I think he got a vandalism charge because he chalked on a sidewalk, like chalk, like washable chalk. OK, so he, he he's protested before, uh, but he's not a violent guy, super nice guy. But he was told by the judge, I'm giving you 30 days in jail and I'm expecting you to take a thinking heirs course. And he said to the judge, and I was in the room when this happened, he said. Um, I'm not going to take the thinking heirs course. And she said, okay, well, if you don't take the thinking heirs course, you'll get six months in jail. So she was giving him for refusing to take a thinking heirs course five additional months on top of the one month she was already going to give him for jail. So I don't know if it's the same one that's in Idaho that I looked up, but uh, after I saw that, uh, right after I reached out, uh, after I saw the name of that course. I uh, 
I thought, you know, I'm I'm just going to go look up what this course is. And this was before I reached out to you. Because I thought maybe it doesn't look, you know, maybe it's not so bad. Because it does sound like something that you would get, you know, out of the People's Republic of China or 1940s Berlin or, you know, take your pick of whatever fascistic dictator you want. Or maybe, yeah, maybe it's in 1984. Yeah, right? maybe, or, yeah. 451 Fahrenheit. Yeah, yeah, yes. So I, I looked it up. It's a course meant for like DUI offenders domestic abuse perpetrators. I mean, it's a silly, silly thing to have a guy who protested for. Now on principle, right. Yeah. And and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is it wasn't like they were out there throwing stuff, setting stuff on fire when they were protesting. Nope. They weren't banging on the doors. They were nope. just out front protesting. Yeah, they were like, I think uh, a woman was, ba I think he banged on the bucket a little bit. I think she banged on the bucket. I think they had music playing. Um, one of the things he so you know, it's open carry in Idaho. And he, he was open carry, not because he was there to threaten, but simply he always open carries. Like I've seen him at events before and he's open carrying, right? But then they try to say that he was terrorizing the neighborhood simply because he had a gun on his hip. Right. So, yeah. So what, what you tell me then. Why, why would why would someone get five additional months for a course that quite frankly probably is not going to do anything like what what about that course is going to be so effective that you're going to need five more months in jail to, for a judge to prove her point i just think it was very punitive it doesn't look very good on the court system that it's justice i mean that doesn't look like justice that looks like well we're angry at you because you're not thinking the way we want you to think this isn't really about getting justice for who they claim are the victims. This is just simply about trying to twist you to our will. Well, and I think you're, I think in all of this, that that is the bottom line, right? Whether we want to admit it or not, the last couple years with COVID during the lockdowns, this has been an exercise to see just how quietly the American people can be herded like cattle, period, right? How far can the American people be pushed? How far, how much compliance can you get out of them? This has been a social experiment in which the um, limits of freedom have been tested on an individual level. And I think they saw that they can gain a lot of control in a crisis. And for those who dared resist, who dared use um, actual facts and figures to justify their position and didn't bow down at the altar of um, government uh, supremacy, there were consequences to be paid, right? We, we've seen that now. Your case, Robert's case, that's exactly what this is. And I don't think it's over yet. I think I think what, what we'll see later is it'll be another crisis. And they will continue to push those limits, you know, and, and that's why stories like yours should be inspiring to the rest of America and certainly in Idaho, right? Um, because you could have pled out for 50 bucks, right? 50 bucks, can. 50 bucks, I'm done. See right. you later. And, and go back to my life. Go yeah. back to your life, right? However, if, 
there'll come a time where because these these aren't our rights, Sarah, right? Um, these rights are granted to us by God, right? And I'm not going to get super religious, but but the founders were pretty clear. These rights are given to us. We loan out a portion of those rights to our elected representatives. If we don't stand guard on our rights, God will hold us accountable because they're not ours, right? And we're responsible and tasked with making sure that those rights get passed to our children. So any rights we lose here, that's on us. That's blood on our hands we'll have to answer for. You stood. You stood when it was least convenient. You stood when it was rough. And you still are standing. So good on you. Good on you. Because for those that sat down and complied and kissed the brass ring of, of governments, and look, tyrants, you can't tell me Newsom's not a tyrant. I mean... He looks like every 80s, he looks like every villain from like Miami Vice ever. Um, th th that should have been a dead giveaway to begin with. But yeah, I, we, we've got to start standing and we've got to wake up or we're, we're going to lose our kids' freedoms. Forget ours. We'll lose the, the freedoms for our kids. So good on you for standing up and good on Robert for doing the same. Is there any way that anyone can help out Robert? Does he have a GoFundMe page or something like that? Yes. Yes, he does. And I'm sorry, I don't know what the backslash is, but he does have a give, send, go. If you go to my Facebook um, personal page, Sarah Walton Brady, it's, it's posted up there. Um, I actually think, hold on, let me think here. Um, someone just sent me something. If you want to hold on, I'll actually look at Someone sent me, there's actually a page, mm -hmm. um, a page that someone created today. It's free Robert Jones. Oh, okay. you're still there. Um, yep. Free Robert Jones. And I would, I, that, that give, send, go should be up there. You know, sometimes, you know, people ask me a lot of time, well, what, what can people do? Right. And I'm, these are the things that I always feel like can be used. Right. It's, it's time, talent, and money. Right. And you like, I mean, for me, I've had so many people help me in those three areas. Right. It's not always, I mean, people usually should be able to give out of one of those three, right? Like I've had people create websites for me. I had somebody create a video for me last minute. Like there's so many things that people can do. Um, so Robert, you know, he's going to be in jail for the next six months. What we're only on a, our like third day that he's in jail, right? It's mind blowing. It's mind blowing that this man is in jail for an additional five months because he refused the thinking errors course, right? And I, I'm not going to be surprised if I ever get to a trial and they're like, Ms. Grady, we're giving you five days in jail. But you also have to take the thinking heirs course. And I say, no, am I going to get six months in jail? Is that going to be my, my spanking? Because I say, no, I won't take that. So it's like, it's so hard. And I think everybody has a role to play, right? And I think that's between your and your God as, as to what, what, what is it you're supposed to be doing, right? Because I don't think everybody's supposed to be going to a playground and getting arrested. That's not everybody's role, right? But for me, that's been my role in my life. And, you know, you talk about, like, seeing our children. The thing is, that's why I'm doing this. At the end of the day, like, I have four kids. I owe this to them. And I don't think they're too young to really understand what it means. But one of these days, I hope I'm some old grandma and we're sitting around a campfire and I can laugh about the fact that I was arrested for taking my kids to a playground. You know, like... 
the deck. It's it's a solemn duty for me to stand up. It's it's. I just know that I'm supposed to do it. And the thing is, is God has blessed me with an enormous amount of tenacity. I have a tenacity that a lot of people don't have. You know, maybe you call it stubbornness. I don't think it's stubbornness. I just simply know that there's things that I cannot do because I know I'll stand before God someday. And he's going to say, why, why did you do that? Right. And so in order for me to look myself in the mirror every day and face God, I have to say, yeah, I'm not taking your $50 state of Idaho. Not only is that a slap in the face and such a measly porridge for me to take, it's also, it's, it would be me telling a lie because I'm not guilty. I didn't do anything wrong. So I'm not going to plead guilty to something I never even did to begin with. Right. So, you know, I just keep going. I just keep going. So it's like, and so I've had so many blessings come from this. I've, you know, I've grown as a person. I become more tempered as a person. I become, you know, more patient. I become, um, you know, more trusting and just like, I think at the day, like it's just made me a better person. So if, even if I'm found guilty and I get some time in jail at the end of the day, I know I did the right thing. It doesn't really matter as long between God and I, we know that I did the right thing and that's all that really matters. Absolutely. You know, I hope, I hope, I doubt it, but I hope that Brad Little gets to hear this. Because there's something he should know. And that's under his administration. Idaho may have incarcerated its first political prisoner. I have no other way of putting it. He didn't take a, a, a class on thinking errors. And you locked him up. You put a mom in jail for taking her kid to a park to play back crap crazy and you know he has for anyone listening in idaho if you do not hold him accountable shame on you shame on you it is time that we put these people's feet to the fire and let them understand that their actions while in office have consequences come election time and i want to make it abundantly clear do not perpetrate violence but hold them accountable at the polls. Yeah, right. Make them lose their job. Sarah, was. I'll, I'll give you the last little bit for you. Is there anything else you wanted to say before we, we get going? Well, you know, so Robert said something in court that the last few days I've just thought about over and over, and I hope I get it right. When... Um, Oh, and now I can't remember it. Shoot. I said it in my video. But it's basically talking about, he said something like, when peaceful res re revolution is made impossible, it makes violent violence inevitable, right? And I'm, I'm with you. Like, I don't advocate for violence. I'm, you know, I'm all about peace. Let's get to the polls and show Governor Little that he is not the right leader for us. He is not a godly leader. He does not care about the people. Okay. He's not, he's not for us. He decided that people were essential and non-essential. That's a total Germany tactic, Nazi Germany, where some people were good enough and some people weren't good enough. We don't play that in Idaho. Okay. Everywhere else. Okay. California can play that. Right. But people are literally coming to Idaho. It's a bastion of freedom. Like this is, this is the place I plan on dying. I love this place to me. This is the last stand. Like this is where I'm going to die. 
you know? And so for me, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to keep Idaho, the Idaho that I grew up believing it was, you know, the believing that we loved freedom and believing that we appreciated the values that our founders instilled in this nation. So that, I mean, that would be me like, and, and get out there and do something, right? Just something, whatever your heart's calling you to do. Cause at the end of the day, you know, staying at home and watching Netflix is not going to do anything to help save our country. You know, we, we have to engage, right? We have to be engaged in a righteous cause. So anyway, that's what I would, you know, say everybody has a role. You just have to find yours. Absolutely. Sarah, I think you're an absolute rock star. I think uh, you're an example to a lot of us. Um, would you keep me informed on how things go on Tuesday? Yeah. And, and help me. Yeah. Well, send me a message on Tuesday just to follow up with because I might be a little bit overwhelmed. You might be. You might be. I didn't I didn't want to be the guy to send that message because I didn't want to add your No, to your do play. it helps me. No, it helps me. Cause then then I can at least go through my list of emails and be like, Oh yeah, Dave messaged me. I can and you know, hopefully I'll be able to do live videos and, and I try to keep my followers, sure. you know, apprised of what's going on just simply it's it's hard to remember, you know, like just even being a, you know, a mom to four kids, that's, that's like a plate that I can never even keep, you know, like cleared. So I'm always like, I'm like, people have to help me. I'm like, you're not bothering me. Just send me a message or whatever. And I will, I will connect with you. It might take me a, a little bit, but I will get back to you. So I, I, really I understand. Oh, thank you so much. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.